This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. I'm curious who your top quarterback is, because I think this is another discussion where people like talk themselves in circles and like the obvious answer is kind of the correct answer, but I'd love to hear how they grade it out. Yeah, so Anthony Richardson is my top quarterback uh, by a decent amount. Um, and I actually have Will Levis at two, Bryce Young three, CJ Stroud four. So I'm like way. <laughs> so you also have to understand that that's not their film grades. Uh, Richardson, especially, super young, right? He's 20 years old right now. And he had an RAS score of 10. And he's getting the positional value boost. So he's going to be my second overall player. Seems ridiculous. But one of the things that I really took to heart, and you can overcorrect really easy when you're looking at draft prospects, but I think back to, you know, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, guys that just like, they were solid. They were really good college quarterbacks. They had uh, what what people talked about as like the intangibles, the leadership skills. And then eventually you see players like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, who had all the traits who ended up, you know, becoming the elite prospects guys that are on the MVP radar, leading their teams to, to really great things. And so that made me think like, maybe I need to be looking at who has those elite traits first and foremost quarterback is the worst position in the world to rank i think we really need to like tier quarterbacks just put them in a bucket i think this year there's probably four they're all pretty similar and they're going to turn out number one in order of who has the best work work ethic right we're, we're getting this ad nauseum with the jalen hurts contract right everybody's just talking about his leadership skills and how hard he works and stuff and all of that is very true sometimes that overcomes everything but also I would argue like Jalen Hurts has very elite traits. So yeah. um, that that's a factor too. And then um, a great thing that I heard from Jesse Palmer, who coaches quarterbacks, um, you know, in their lead up to the draft. And then also, you know, it's through, through their pro career, uh, Carson's brother. He, he always says that teams bust on quarterbacks way more often than quarterbacks bust on teams. There's exceptions, right? Jamarcus Russell, for instance. But often teams just don't surround their quarterbacks with the skills that they need in order to succeed. I would argue, you know, the Alex Smith-Aaron Rodgers situation. If Aaron Rodgers goes to San Francisco, does he turn into a Hall of Famer? Well, maybe. We don't know. But he instead, he came into a situation where he had years to develop. He had this great coaching staff that was there to support him and build him up. And then by the time he took over as starter, he had a really good receiving core. He had pretty solid offensive line. Um, Alex Smith never got those things. He was just kind of thrust into it in San Francisco. And his career turned out pretty good. I think if he doesn't have that knee injury in Washington, he probably ends up being a pretty serviceable quarterback. And, and you look back on his career as, as favorable. But when guys go into really bad situations, bad cultures, coaching staffs that are constantly changing, not having the right supporting cast, you're not going to win no matter how good you are. Yeah. A hundred percent. I absolutely think that like, I feel similarly to you about the quarterback position and grading them because I think it's not just about who you are and what your traits are and leadership and all that. It's about fit, 
right? Not every quarterback, like Lamar Jackson in a different scheme than the Ravens, which is this a hot button issue at the moment because he might be playing somewhere else. But I think like Lamar thrived because he was in a scheme and with a coach that fit the team around what he's Mm -hmm. so good at. Another coach might have tried to force him into a scheme that he's not necessarily going to be able to succeed in. Maybe he'd be really good, but would he be an MVP? I don't know. I think the Ravens positioned him to become as good as he is. And I totally agree with you that unfortunately some of these top guys are going to those teams who have bad culture fits and are going through the carousel of head coaches and GMs. And that's why they're picking so early in the draft. But you, it's just, it's kind of a crapshoot with these guys. And I think especially like a guy like Anthony Richardson, who easily has the highest ceiling if he goes to the right situation and with the right quarterbacks coach and gets molded properly. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it on the show too, with, you know, Baker Mayfield having all of the different head coaches that he had Josh Rosen, not even getting a fair shake with the Cardinals before Kyler Murray's brought in. And then you're bounced around the league as a career backup on practice squads before you even like get a chance to be a starter. So there's a lot of prospects, you know, quarterback, I think is the best example of it because it's, you know, these are guys that are drafted in the first or second round and then they're immediately labeled the bust when they don't come out and look like, you know, what we would expect a, a starting quarterback to look like, but any position you guys talked about it a little bit at the top of the show as far as like the fit really matters so you gave us some really good examples of players that you like you know their fit for the Packers is there anybody in maybe your top 30 and you know if you want to to rate it by position or their value that you would just like you know you're just please don't please don't take for the Packers like you would be very upset if they are the pick yeah that's uh that that's a tough question I I think Okay, so I really like Darnell Wright, the tackle from Tennessee. He scares me um, as somebody who has a little bit of stiffness in his game. I know he tested super well, um, but there were some things on tape that made me a little hesitant with Darnell Wright. And as as somebody you know who still has a little bit of uh, you know hurt feelings from Jason Spriggs. I want to stay away from that if possible. Um, now I know Spriggs' deal was more a, a strength issue, but um, you know tackles who aren't like elite athletes make me make me nervous. And right tested like an elite athlete, I just don't necessarily know that I saw it on tape. Um, I think you know I really like Kalaja Kansi out of Pitt. He is going to be like a super polarizing prospect because he is small to the point where we haven't really seen a defensive lineman like him in the league, but he's so athletic that like in, in the right defense, if let's say you, you were cheering for a team that had a defensive coordinator who used a player to their strengths, right? This is a foreign concept to us as Packers fans. (laughs) Um, But if, if your defensive coordinator carved out a role and they said, okay, on second and long and third downs, we're going to put this guy in here. He's, he's going to be a gap penetrator and every, you know, four or five snaps, he's going to make a guard look silly because they have nothing to combat his quickness on the inside. 
I would love that. But if your defensive coordinator is going to ask your first round pick to hold up against the run, uh, you know, <laughs> sort of like uh, bench press the uh, guard and then let your linebackers flow to the play. Like Cansey is somebody you do not want on your team. And so um, he's risky. Brian Brzee is a scary prospect to me just because you don't know what you're going to get. Like, is this the super crazy five-star, you know, top overall recruit kind of guy that you get? Is he year one in Clemson or is he the guy that's just like hurt all the time and then like way underwhelming? I don't know. I don't really want to spend pick 15 on that. Um, Quentin Johnston is somebody I don't love as much as, as everybody else. And I wouldn't be upset if the backers draft him, they draft him. I just think he's kind of the like he doesn't provide enough diversity to what the Packers have in the wide receiver room to get me really excited about that uh he may make me look foolish but sometimes people that aren't like natural separators at wide receiver can struggle in the league and so that one makes me a, a little nervous um outside of that I don't know that there's anybody that like scares me like I'd like somebody with more experience than Lucas Van Ness but I would have said the same thing probably about you know, Rashawn Gary, even though Rashawn Gary played a lot more than Van Ness, he didn't have the production. Um, so, you know, if the Packers want to do their thing and just draft like a crazy, stupid athlete, then Lucas Van Ness would be totally fine. I have been thinking, cause I I'm with you on the premium position thing. And I think Maggie and I have said here, if we were going to put money on anything on draft day, it would be that the Packers take an edge in the first round. And I think this is the perfect year for them to repeat what they did with Rashawn Right. They have their one and two. Granted, he's coming off ACL, so like unknown. But I think given what we know about him, he's going to attack rehab like he attacks everything else. And he's probably going to come back like a month earlier than everyone expected. And they have their two in Preston. So they have room to take just like a freaky athlete in the first round like that and kind of give him time to develop. And ideally, they extend Rashawn and he doesn't need to be a one he can be two or he, the Packers can just have two ones and they can give somebody time to develop. I think just uh, this is an Andy Herman adage and I wholeheartedly agree with it. I'm curious what you think, but just like first round is for taking freak athletes, like players who are going to completely like change your team, be playmakers, like do their thing kind of regardless of position. And I think the Packers really need that. Um I that's why I'm kind of I love Michael Mayer you mentioned him earlier but I think tight end in the first round is too rich for me and I just don't see the Packers doing something like that yeah I think I think if this was a better class overall I think you know you'd be able to trade down from 15 collect a little bit more resources and you'd you'd feel more comfortable taking a tight end in the 20s yeah I, I I think most people would um, and so, yeah, I, I think, you know, Lucas Van Ness is interesting because when Rashawn comes back, so let's say, you know, we fast forward into week 12 of the regular season, the Packers could potentially be running Rashawn and Preston off the edge. And then your down linemen are like Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt and Van Ness can slide inside. And then you're, you're like really cooking with gas there. Um, so, so that part is fun. Um, <laughs> I, I miss the ball. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and so Van Ness gives you a little something that I think some of the other edge players don't necessarily do in the fact that there's a little bit more versatility there. Um, I guess the only other prospect I would like really want the Packers to stay away from is Brian branch. And I, 
that's not to say he's not going to turn out to be a really good pro, but like he's a little bit more of a slot corner than he is a true safety. And I feel like the Packers just tried that and it hasn't worked out so well with Darnell Savage and maybe it does, but I'd rather take safeties a little bit later in the draft and get guys that are a little bit more solid to your point than like the freak athletes who are learning how to play the position. Cause that's something that that's, that's a role on the team that you're probably not going to be good at till you're three or four anyways. So let's not invest super high draft capital to just have you wait until you're ready to renew your contract to turn out to be any good. I love that. Okay. So we've already kept you for longer than we anticipated, but before we wrap we are just over one week away from the draft. Perry and I like to try this every year. So if you just would call your shot for us any round, you don't have to get the round right, but who are some prospects that you think are just ideal Packer fits for the Packers? So my uh, just wanting to watch the world burn <laughs> <laughs> prediction is uh, B. John Robinson at 15. No. It's not going to happen. I, I personally would love that. I think Bijan is like a generational kind of talent, but um, no, the Packers should not do that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I have changed who I think my, like the Packers are going to draft in the first round every day for the last week and a half. And I'm not even joking. I, I will consume content, whether that's pack a day or packs, what she said, or, or, you know, move the sticks or draft dudes. Well, it's not draft dudes anymore, but I, I will consume podcast content and then change my mind, right? Like I'll listen to you and be like, oh yeah, I'm 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 certain that it's going to be player A. And then I'll listen to something else and be like, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure it's gonna be player B. But I don't know uh that I have a, a definitive prediction. I guess I would go with edge too. I think Lucas Van Ness might go to the Patriots, and I think the Packers might take Miles Murphy. Uh, in in the first round I just there's a lot of things that they should really like about him um, from a production standpoint from an athleticism standpoint point from an age standpoint Um, I think he he kind of fits into the mold if Van Ness isn't there Um, later in the draft I I mentioned I really like Joe Tipman the center from Wisconsin I would love that in the second round to kind of try to correct the uh, Josh Myers over Creed Humphrey decision I really love this running back Israel Abinaconda from Pitt. And if the Packers could target him, maybe third round, maybe fourth round, he's got some crazy skills and the Packers need some insurance because it's pretty unlikely that in 2024, both Jones and Dylan are back. Um, I think, you know, there's, there's a lot to like. I, Kyle fellows would, would tell me Rasheed Rice in the third round, no matter what. <laughs> Uh, the receiver out of SMU. He's really fun. So um, then he's but... guaranteed to be a bust because it's a Packers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that might be the case. Maybe they can trade down and take him with the first pick in the fourth round or something Perfect uh, to make sure that he works out. It, there's, there's a lot of things that I think could happen. And this is really interesting. I think Andy talked about it on today's show, um, how the Packers have so many needs that they're not going to be able to address them all in the draft. So I just made like three, four predictions and none of them were tight ends. And if the Packers come out of the first two days of the draft with a tight end, like, uh uh-oh, 
that that's a problem, but they also have all of these other needs. We want to see some offensive line depth. We want to see some edge depth. They need, they have needs at safety. So this is a imperfect roster right now. Um, and I, I, I think there's a lot of different ways that this could go. And this is a really weird first round. So I, I think it's going to be fascinating no matter what happens. Excited. Perry, yeah, anything else? I mean, I have lots of questions, but we'll let, we'll let Andrew ask, get ask out of here. No. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a round two after the Packers actually draft. We can get see yeah. where your guys fell compared. That would be fun. That would be fun. So, Andrew, before we wrap up, obviously we want to give you an opportunity to promote any of the work you do. Um, if you're listening to this, obviously you can find Andrew's work on the Pack-A-Day podcast on the Friday episode, but – Anything else, Andrew, we can where to follow you on Twitter, where to find your work. Um, if you want people to find you, that is. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm at Andrew Mertig on Twitter. If you want to find me, I do the the Friday pack a day podcast with with Maggie and Kyle. Uh, I don't really write anymore. Uh, I haven't had time for that in a few years, but um, hopefully soon that'll be coming back. I, I just I wanted to say thank you to both of you for having me on. This is really cool. I love your show and uh, honored to be a guest. Thanks so much. Uh, We're so glad to have you. <laughs> yeah, this was a lot of fun. I agree with Perry. We'll definitely have to get you back um, after the draft to talk about all of the prospects that we loved that went to division rivals and all the prospects that we didn't like <laughs> then that ended up in green and gold, but that is all the time that we have for today's show. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at PWSS podcast. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J Loney. You can follow the podcast on other social media platforms at packs, which she said we will be going live with odyssey at some point to talk about whoever the Packers pick in the first round. If they pick, maybe they won't, maybe we'll stay up all night and they won't pick. Um, you can find me and Andrew uh, doing the Thursday night live recording right after the first round ends. Um, that'll be released on Friday as well, but stay tuned because the draft is a week away and we're all ex excited about it. But as always go Pack go go Pack go 2400 sports is an odyssey company. 